Welcome to Habs Unfiltered. This independent podcast is featured on the Hockey Writers and iHeartRadio, bringing you honest and unfiltered entertainment and discussion on the Montreal Canadiens and hockey news. Your hosts, Matt Smith, Treg Wilson, and Blaine Putney, are proud to be one of your trusted sources. If you are talking about it, so are we. Welcome to Habs Unfiltered. This independent podcast is featured on the Hockey Writers and iHeartRadio, bringing you honest and unfiltered entertainment and discussion on the Montreal Canadiens and hockey news. Your hosts, Matt Smith, Treg Wilson, and Blaine Putney, are proud to be one of your trusted sources. If you are talking about it, so are we. And welcome to Habs Unfiltered, episode 209. I'm your host, Blaine Pudvang, joined now by my co-host, Treg Wilson. Hello. Welcome back, you slack and idle thing. Yeah. <laughs> Cutting down Busy trees times. and stuff. Busy times. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, we are joined as well by our special guest, returnee and friend of the show, Grant McKaig. How's it going, Grant? Cutting down trees. Well, that's that's relevant because it looks like some people are going to get the axe here. It does. That's a perfect segue. <laughs> <laughs> so Grant joins us on a day that, well, on a weekend that I, I think he, he, he nailed it. Shit's getting cut down. <laughs> the Canadians are, it looks like they're going to do some clear cutting here. Um, and... Scott Mellenby is uh, is out. Uh, Jeff Gorton is probably going to be coming in, so we're gonna we're gonna just dig into this, and we'll start right off the top. Now, Treg, you had a question for Grant that I think is very very relevant to this whole situation. Yeah, uh, where do you feel like the the Elliot Friedman came out last night and said Canadians were given? Uh, by the way, it's Sunday, the twenty eighth. Um, saying that they had permission to talk to to uh, Jeff Gorton, uh, former GM of the New York Rangers, but to come in as president of hockey operations. Why do you think Molson? I mean, obviously, him as a GM, the language thing is going to be a, a thing. But why now is Molson going with the hockey of operations where, I mean, he could have done the same thing with Bergevin 10 years ago because Bergevin was a brand new GM. Uh, why do you think he's going that route now? Well, after a decade of trying it uh, with him as the president of Akia Operations, as I as I posted in a tweet there yesterday, I think four games under 500 in in those nine and a half years. So obviously it hasn't worked. So you got to go in a different direction. I mean, I've been I've been harping on it for four four years now that uh, Molson shouldn't be the president of Hockey Operations. He's got to. He's got a full-time gig as a friggin' running Molson, you know, like bring in somebody that's going to be dedicating full-time, uh, you know, efforts to, uh, to uh, preside over the hockey operation. Someone with, with some hockey background that 
with lots of connections that can, uh, you know, oversee everything. And I mean, it would have sure would have been handy to have that, that guy, you know, weighing in on a decision on drafting Logan Mayu. And I think that may have been the, the you know, the, the straw that broke the camel's back as far as that, that one, where afterwards Molson, you know, it dawned on him, Hey, maybe we should have had that, Maybe we should have had that buffer between me and uh, Bergevin for that decision. Well, Eric Engels posted a tweet uh, yesterday, I think kind of talks directly to this. And it's a quote from Molson from 2020. And it says, I have no intention to hire another president of hockey. There are very few teams across the NHL that do so. And there are a lot of reasons why. Mark is one of the most respected GMs in hockey. He's also amongst the most experienced and will continue to report to me. He is very, very well surrounded by people with a lot of experience, including uh, Scott Mellenby, Martin LaPointe, and John Sedgwick. There is a culture team-wide and surrounding Mark to never be afraid to question the decisions we take. So he points directly to the experience that Bergevin has. He, he says that they're, they're a team, basically. But if you're going to be moving on from that GM, Maybe you go for you find yourself a new uh, a new touchstone. That's why he's that could be why he's looking at a new president. Sure. To, to me, it makes sense because it's like uh, it's like Grant said. He got other things that's going on. He can't focus entirely on hockey, uh, and you need a guy there, especially a hockey guy with hockey experience, to uh, you know advise and guide the GM or help the GM in making the decisions. Um, I mean, I know, Grant, you would know more about the Logan Mayu situation and why he was drafted in the first place, but that to me, yeah, that, that came out of left field and it was one of those what were you thinking moments. And uh, the, I would assume if you had a president of hockey operation like Gorton or whoever, they probably would have stepped in and said, no, we're not doing that. That's that's what I think. Like, I don't know how involved Molson is with the draft at all, so I don't know uh, how he would have, you know, yeah, well, I think he ultimately left it up to left it up to Bergevin, and ultimately that ended up being a mistake. Nobody, they didn't read the room, you know, as far as uh, the way society is is going these days, and, and social media and and the backlash. I mean, I I I could have predicted it. If they'd asked me, I'd have told them, no, this isn't a good idea. So, uh, you know, I think it finally dawned on them that hey, maybe leaving all of these decisions up to Bergeron, it, you know, the last 10 years, which I think is probably what, what went down for the most part, uh, maybe that, maybe that wasn't such a great idea because that one, uh, that one, uh, you know, the reputation of the club has never been uh, as, as uh, tarnished as it was uh, after that. Was that an all Bergeron decision, do you think? Pardon me? Was that an all Bergeron decision, do you think? All Bergevin. Well, like, I think, you know, you with know. Timmons and Bergevin, the scouting staff, do you think they agreed on it or do you think it was, this is who I want? This is who we're taking. It's similar to the Louis LeBlanc, Chris Kreider thing with Ganey. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, even that, you know, the, there's different stories on, you know, yeah. uh, uh, unless you're a fly in the room, who knows exactly what went down. But I mean, I, I you know, I spoke with Trevor 
leading up to the draft uh, more than once about Mayu, and I, you know, he thought he was one of the best ten players in the draft. And his his job, as as he's explained to me, is is to, you know, recommend the the best possible draft pick, and I'm pretty sure that's who he recommended, and and Bergevin was on board with. And, and I, mean, I don't, uh, oh. I, I don't believe that uh, Jeff Gordon would have made a difference in the selection of Logan Mayu. He's the one that brought in uh, Tony D'Angelo to the Rangers. Mm. So, I mean, well, it, it's know. it's hard to say that he would say, do something different. Yeah, yeah maybe not. But uh, <clears throat> I think it's a little different circumstances with uh, D'Angelo and and. Uh, and Mayu, um, you know, uh, I, I mean, that's, that's, uh, and when he brought in D'Angelo, uh, you know, some of the, some of the hijinks that's happened since hadn't happened at that point either. Right. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, you're right. We're speculating, but I do think that uh, it, it's one of the reasons why uh, Molson said, well, you know, I I made a mistake here, and maybe uh, we should have somebody else in place that can take the heat the next time, <laughs> the next time instead of me. <laughs> Who knows? But I think you know it dawned on him that okay, uh, we we aired there, and maybe having one more layer between me and uh, uh, the GM is a good idea. And bringing in a president of hockey operations, that it's obvious that whoever comes in as the next GM, the remainder of the staff, they're going to have to fall in line with whatever his vision is for this team. And Jeff Gordon has a track record where he likes, he likes a certain style of young player. He likes those um, mobile, high speed, high skilled type of players. Do you, do you think that's Hallelujah. going to make a huge difference right away with the Canadians or is it going to take a good solid year based on? Yeah. Well, I mean, it depends on uh, what he does with the coaching staff too. Right. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I, I think a change in philosophy is needed in Montreal. It's been yeah, the conservative approach for the last decade. Hasn't really worked. Um, going with the veterans over the young players all the time. Has it worked? And I believe Gorton is uh, has a different mindset when it comes to that. He's gonna, I think he's gonna encourage uh, giving um, the good young players that that are high draft picks opportunity, which for whatever reason Bergevin has, it's almost like he just you know, uh, why bother drafting them even like because he, he ends up they end up burying them, they end up not giving them an opportunity and moving them. Like uh, it, it happened time and time again. Sherback was a great example. I mean, I watched him that that year where he was just running the power play in the AHL. There wasn't a better guy on the power play in the AHL when he got called up, and he didn't play a shift on the, on the power play. And then you know, oh well, you can't you know board battles. Well, who cares about board battles if you're setting everybody up on the power play? They need they they've had the worst power play in the NHL. 29th worst under Bergevin since he came in. And he never, you know, it, it, it seemed like it was never, he kept bringing in conservative coaches 
that didn't want to didn't want to give rookies and young players an opportunity when it wasn't working. The team, you know, even when the team like this year, five and fifteen, and you're putting you keep trotting out Sherratt and Petrie on on the power play. Ben Sherratt has one power play point in his career, and it, instead of Norlander, who great in the SHL the last two years when he played in the power play, never given him an opportunity. I think finally it's dawned on Molson that, hey, this isn't, you know, fans have had enough. He, he's even had enough. It's time to go in a different direction where you, you embrace the young players that you draft. You give them opportunity. If they fail, fine, but you give them opportunity. And Bergeron, for whatever reasons, he's got to, uh, it's always, um, you know, the guys that he brings in in free agency, the guys that were never drafted, that are never going to develop into top six guys, they get the, they get the opportunities, they get the ice time, and the young high drafted players either sit in in the AHL, they sit in the stands, or they're fourth liners. Like and it's happening again with Palin. You know, Palin's looked great since he got called up. <laughs> what did he play again last night? Eight minutes with with pluggers like Eric. Nine fifty two. You know, uh, Armia is doing absolutely nothing, and you stick him with Armia every freaking game. Like, it's just so frustrating. And I really hope that getting in Gordon, who, you know, uh, New York gave opportunity to the young players right from day one. They put them in top six roles, and I think he had a lot to do with it. And I think there will be that change in philosophy in Montreal, and it's long overdue. Yeah, I uh, <clears throat> I was just researching Gordon. I'm going to write an article for the Hockey Warriors about him. And I didn't know this, but his four-month internship of GM of the Bruins, he pretty much built their championship team in that four months. He drafted uh, Marchand, uh, Brad Marchand, Lucic. Phil Kessel, and uh, Lucic. Lucic. He signed uh, Chara and Mark Savard, and he traded uh, Raycroft for Tuka Rask, all in those four months. Yeah. If you go back to their championship run, they were all the players that got them to the championship run. Uh, and then they replaced him with Peter Torelli, and we all know how that kind of worked out. But uh, um, yeah. so this guy has a history. Same with uh, in New York. He drafted some of the better players. He was involved with the drafting of some of the better players they have. He brought in players to help those uh, support cast, to help those uh, younger players, to bring them up. And uh, I agree completely with you, Grant. Yeah, Montreal yeah, but all, a- that, all that's all well and good. But where are the Rangers right now? <laughs> While the Rangers are, while he said the top to the, fans, of the standings, and he said to the fans, "We're going to do a rebuild," and the owners didn't like that, and there, here we are. <laughs> but uh, well, I agree with Grant. Uh, Montreal gets these young players, and I thought Dom Ducharme would be different. I thought he, I seen him. We seen him here in Halifax. We seen he was a good coach for the players here. But mind you, he had a pretty stacked team as well. But uh, and I thought. Here we are, Cole Caulfield. He's going to get, you know, whether he's – and I don't think Cole Caulfield played bad in the 10 games that he was before he went to Laval. I don't think he played bad. He wasn't hitting the net or his stick was a little tight, but I don't think he was playing bad hockey. He goes to Laval. As soon as he gets his confidence up, they bring him back up and he's playing 
10 minutes. I think it was on the third line or something like last yeah. night or something like that. Or, yeah. And it doesn't make any sense to me. He just scored the other game. And now you're, you're, you're reduced. Same with Paling. I agree exactly with you. I was shocked with his minutes last night. Paling should be the second or third line center. Yeah. Guaranteed. Yeah. And, I mean, how are you going? Like when you keep shattering these guys' confidence, you saw it over and over again, you know, like a, they, Boyu, uh, Tenorti. I mean, these guys are still playing the NHL, but they didn't, you know, they, they sat them in the stands. They played them eight minutes on the, they sent them to the AHL over and over again and, and were impatient with them. Didn't let them develop properly and got rid of them. Like it, it just it happened over and over again with, with under Bergevin, and and as far as I'm concerned, the GM and the scouting staff and the coaches all have to be on the same page. And I did not see that with with Bergevin. It was oh no, I'm going to bring in these uh, you know sixth round former sixth round draft picks to play instead of um, top fifty pick. Yeah, and it just you know they worked. They didn't have upside. They were never going to develop into top six players. But Kate kept doing that, kept doing that, and not giving the opportunity to the guys. I mean, all it does is up their, those players' value. If you want, if you don't like them that much, still, you know, their point totals are going to be higher. They're going to have a higher asset value and trade them. But you know, I mean, Delarose on waivers, uh, Sherback on waivers, like losing all these guys for nothing because they buried them, shattered their confidence, and then you know then lost them for nothing. And it just, it happened over and over again. Uh, as much as I love it, uh, as trades, uh, I, you know, there, there has to be more than that. Uh, what I liked about Gordon was he, uh, he did a true rebuild. Like um, New York had three first round draft picks, you know, when they said they were going to do a rebuild. And I mean, that to me is what needs to be done. Like, I'd love to see the Canadians go into the draft this year with three first-round draft picks, you know, a couple of maybe three or four second-round picks and do a true, re, you know, a true restock. Um, yeah, they've taken a step back this year, but, uh, you know, it was a rebuild. And you, you're going to, just like uh, Bergman when he first came into Montreal, did anyone expect them to go to the, you know, you look back at that roster, I mean, did anyone expect them to go to the conference finals right away? Yeah, against Philly. I mean, that shouldn't have happened, but it did. And then the expectations are high the next year and they slide back and you go, well, you know, what's he doing? And I think the same thing happened in New York, you know, it was good. It looked so promising that first year. And then uh, they slide back a bit and you say, oh, well, you know, well, rebuilds take time. Sometimes you overachieve. And then there's a slide back the next year, but two or three years down the road, New York Rangers are going to be a really good team. I mean, getting Adam Fox was just a genius move as far as I'm concerned. And uh, he made a lot of good moves. I really liked what he did. And I think they, I think they ran out of patience because, you know, that fight where uh, Wilson kind of ran rough shot over, you know, Panarin and then oops, Uchnevich and uh, the owner gets talking with Messi and all the guys that, you know, oh yeah, we got to get tougher this and that. And so they fired Gordon, you know, at the end of the year because they, because of that and because they didn't, they weren't instantly great. I think they were impatient and I think they shouldn't have fired him. 
And if Montreal gets him, I think that that's going to be one of the smartest moves that uh, Molson has made since uh, he bought the team again. But can the fans and the media handle a proper rebuild in Montreal? I don't think Fair. it's going to be. Yeah, I, I think it, it, it's only going to take one, you know, uh, sell off. I mean, they can sell off five or six guys over the next month, month and a half, get a bunch of high draft picks. And, uh, you know, if Price is coming back and he's good and all that stuff, uh, all the good young players, like there's, you know, Gooley, Harris, uh, you name it. Those guys are going to improve the defense like in a hurry. Next year, they, 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 Montreal's defense is going to be a lot better. Just next year alone. Two years from now, I think they'll, they'll have one of the more solid defenses in the league. There's some great young talent that's just a year away. Uh, you can augment that with, uh, you know, a top five pick that'll probably be playing next year or certainly the year after. It's only going to take a year to turn this around. So there's a lot of good young pieces, you know, Suzuki and on and on. Caulfield, uh, you augment them with uh, some good young talent, maybe get a good free agent, maybe swing an Adam Fox type trade if you can. This team, uh, well, I mean, last year they're in the cup final, right? It doesn't take long to go from, uh, you know, the penthouse to the outhouse and back. I think it can, uh, they can be back in the uh, contender within a year yeah, and, and do a, like a have a lot of high draft picks in this draft, this one draft, and uh, all the good ones that are coming in. The future would look really bright, I think. And uh, I'm hoping that they they sell off a bunch of you know. There's too many forwards that it just they don't make sense. There's too many guys uh, that, that 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 play the same kind of style. A uh, little small, still on the wing and stuff, and like you know the Hoffmans and Foley's and that. Uh, at least one of those guys has got to go. Sherrod's got to go. Maybe Petrie's got to go. Uh, you, you can load up pretty good for the draft. And, and I think they only need to do it for one year. Now, before we get to the draft, you mentioned Harris earlier. <clears throat> and he's kind of Montreal's uh, Adam Fox. He's not, I'm not comparing him saying he's going to become a Norris winner in a couple of years. <clears throat> but he's a, uh, an NCAA, soon to be UFA. You've talked to him a few times with uh, through recruits.ca. Shameless plug. Um, what what's your expectation with him coming to Montreal? I I believe he he has no intention of uh, signing elsewhere. Uh, he's a he's a solid solid kid. Not selfish. Very selfless. From what I you know, smart kid. He wanted to go back to school, get his degree. Um, you know, they, they underachieved last year. He was handed the captaincy, which he took as a huge honor. You know, he returns, he gets to be the captain. Um, he's a loyal kid. And I think that loyalty will extend to, uh, you know, being loyal to the Canadians, the team that drafted him, that, that used an asset on him. And, um, you know, like he says, his mom is now a house fan. He's a house fan. Like, you know, I was taught, oh, well, he grew up in Boston, so he's going to go to Boston. Well, sometimes that happens, but it, it happens less than you think. Uh, I don't, I can't recall a Montreal Canadian draft pick that ever 
went back in the draft, you know, that was uh, college, that went the college route and then didn't sign with the club. I've, I, you know, thought about it, looked at, looked at the drafts and I, I don't know that it's ever happened. Gorton, uh, you know, had success getting Fox there. Hopefully uh, he'll have success getting uh, Harris, convincing Harris to come. And uh, as things have turned out there, there's opportunity, like Harris could, Harris could play for the club at the end of this year. And they might even give him a, you know, say, look, we guarantee you, you know, that often happens with these college guys. Well, you know, we guarantee you that you're going to, you're going to play with the club if you, if you sign with us and, and come in after the, after the college season. So I'm very confident that Harris is going to uh, sign with the Canadians. Now you, you brought up the draft and how this draft is a good one uh, to, if you're going to stumble, this is a good year to do it. So why don't you give us an idea? I didn't say that. Well, I am. Oh, okay. (laughs) I disagree actually. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, it's happening again. I think every year, every year, the Canadians end up with a top five pick. It's not a great draft. I don't see this as being a, uh, a, 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 one of the better drafts. It's unfortunate, but <laughs> I mean, if they get a top five pick, they're getting a good player, you know, like Kakanyemi for all the, you know, I mean, it's early. He's still top five in points from his draft class and he probably will be when his career is over, you know, but it wasn't after the first two guys that they weren't superstars and it might be the case again this year that they don't like, they're not getting McDavid this year, regardless of where they end up. Shane Wright's been overrated because he was a exceptional draft status and, and played early and all that. It's going to be, a you know, going to be a hell of a second line center and might maybe, uh, maybe a first line center, but franchise center. I don't see it. You know, um, I don't know that there's any franchise guys per se this year, but Kemmel might be, uh, might be a cane, you know, along those lines. So, but they have to get, get him right. Do they end up with a top three pick? Do they get Kemmel? Um, yeah. So, I, I mean, never say never, but I don't see franchise guys in this draft, but they can get a first liner. You know, if it, if it all turns out well, and um, that would be, you know, they need a first line winger. They don't really have one. Uh, Caulfield may become a first line winger, but you look at the, you look at who's in the organization, who's on the club. It's something that's been missing for a long time. And, and I think Suzuki can be a first line center, but he needs, he needs a legitimate first line winger on his side. Now you've put out your, uh, your early picks at recruits.ca on your draft guide, who would fit that role for the Canadians? First line winger. Yes. Well, either Kemmel or Mira, Mira Shinechenko or however you pronounce it there. You had to, of course, ask, eh? Uh, yep. Miro, the Russian kid. The Russian kid. Yeah. Um, now, <laughs> you, uh, you, you, you went against the projected picks that most people have been putting their lists out, their mock drafts. 
you changed you changed it a little bit. You went with someone different at number one. Who was that? Camo. Yeah. Uh, that's the buzz in the, uh, you know, in the NHL that he's uh, number one till further notice at, the, at this point. It might end up being right again. Uh, Wright had two goals and assists last night. He keeps, you know, he starts to fill the net and play like he's capable of playing, then he can, he can still go first overall. But I think right now it's kind of a pick your poison. It's one or the other, but I think uh, Kemmel has, uh, he has done stuff that's just amazing. Um, goal a game in, in the Finnish men's league at his age. It's never been done before. I mean, even Timo Solani wasn't scoring a goal a game uh, at, at that age in the in the uh, FHL. So he's an exciting, exciting player. And um, that to me is is what they need. They need the uh, Pasternak type potential, uh, Kane type potential winner. Whether he, you know, I mean, whether he becomes a franchise player, that's another. But you don't need, you know, you. You need three good first line guys. They don't necessarily have to be franchise guys to, to win. And I think that's the missing piece right now. Uh, along with, uh, you know, a franchise defenseman, of course, but I don't see any of those in this draft. Now, how important is that world juniors to opening up people's, uh, some people's eyes to these guys that you're mentioning? Yeah, well, <laughs> It'll certainly uh, get the, you know, the uh, wannabe scouts and the um, armchair scouts. Uh, you know, they'll they'll have a better idea after the. We'll, we'll see if Kemmel outplays right, and if he does, then people will start saying maybe Grant's right about that. You know, um, maybe Wright has a fantastic uh, under under twenty, and uh, Kemmel struggles, and and they say that I'm full of full of crap but we'll uh the, that will be interesting that will be the real first litmus test for these guys the top guys head to head and that you know the two russians to yurov and and miro are, are very highly touted Yurichek uh is probably the top rated defenseman he'll be there too so it'll be nice to see these guys head to head because uh especially this year the, the they haven't played head to head because of last year, because there wasn't, you know, U18s, um, Ivan Holenka and stuff. Montreal, uh, Canada hasn't been putting teams in a lot of these competitions. So we, you're kind of guessing, you know, uh, where these guys are head to head because they haven't played against each other much. So I think it'll be important. Uh, but you always, uh, it, it's only part of the, process you certainly never just go by what happens at the world juniors as far as who's the best now do you think uh going into this new season going into this draft and what we've talked about with developing that with maybe gorton coming in and bergevin going out do you think they need to overhaul their drafting and uh, developing as well well do i think timmons is going to lose his job uh, well, uh not necessarily but i mean it, well i mean it's a distinct possibility how many head scouts have uh survived four gms you know um, true <laughs> you know <laughs> i mean uh uh yeah 
I told I told him a week or two ago that he should update his resume. You know, because uh, it could be coming. I mean, uh, I, I don't. Uh, I think the Mayu pick is is may end up hurting. You know, at the end of the day, uh, that might be what uh, what weighs it uh, where they say, "Look, we got to move on here." Uh, I hope not, but for from a personal standpoint, as a friend of mine, I almost think that he should get out of Montreal. You know, uh, it's just been, I mean, uh, it's got to be tough. The, the 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 language, you know, the language issue with the picks all the time and all the criticisms about, uh, you know, not picking Quebec players and this and that and the, the pressure and how poorly he's drafted when it's not the case. People don't look deep into you know they don't compare it to other teams they just look at the draft guys that, that don't make it and assume that he's been horrible at drafting and it's not the case uh he, he's you know he's been dragged over the coals front page articles uh in the french papers and everything and uh, honestly uh, you know there's a part of me that hopes that he moves on just just for his own peace of mind you know um if he stays, well, I think he's, I think he's one of the best in the business and he's, I mean, it took time, but he's got one of the better scouting staffs in the league now, you know, they're, they're a pretty solid group and no one works harder than these guys. So, uh, Gordon, it's, it's hard to say, I don't know how well they know each other. So usually a, a, a guy comes in like that, he'll bring in his own guys, you know, and one of the guys I mentioned it today was, Daniel Dore, who uh, worked with Jeff in in Boston and in New York, uh, you know I've gotten to know Daniel pretty well. He's a, he's a super guy, you know, good scout. Uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if someone like that gets brought in now. Whether it's to replace Trevor or not, I don't know. But yeah, that's all up in the air now. I you know I can't say one way or another whether I think Trevor is going to keep his job. I would lean towards that he's probably not going to keep his job, but. Uh, I'm, I'm hoping he does, and uh, we'll we'll see what happens. My speculation with Gordon is he's going to come in and just clean house and bring in all his own people, do his own. Um, <clears throat> I mean, I wrote an article on Trevor Timmons. I mean, it wasn't – I mean, I know you're, you're big on him. I, I just said he was an average. He wasn't terrible. He wasn't terrible at driving. I have him as a brown average or above average. Uh, but I didn't really base it on – I also say in the article that you have to take the draft – as the year the draft happened, not five years later, because there's a lot of guys. And I seen a chart on Tim and saying, this guy was drafted exactly where he's supposed to be. Like say Sherback, right? He was, he was scouted at to be at, I forget what number he was picked at. And another thing I found interesting, we researched it during his 17, 18 years with Canadians, the Canadians averaged 19th place in drafting. So it's not like he had a handful of, top 10 or top five picks to, I mean, he only had three, three top five picks in the whole time he was there in 17 years. So <clears throat> it's hard to, like you say, if you don't know how the draft works, you don't know how it is. I mean, as I wrote the article, I learned more and really I'm kind of conflicted with the article I wrote, but um, you, if you don't, if you're not there and you don't know, like, you say, oh, he's terrible at drafting. Well, when you're drafting above 20, 80% of the time, 
it's a bit of a crapshoot. I mean, am I wrong? He, very few of his picks, you could say, well, you know, uh, um, even the first rounders were, were terrible value when you, when you evaluate them down the road. Louis LeBlanc would end up, you know, Kostitsin, those two guys, I guess, really, uh, and Fisher. Uh, those three picks were, you know, ended up not being good ones. But I mean, out of 18 years, <laughs> and uh, what? Fisher was 20th overall in a horrible draft. So even then, like if you look at, you know, well, they could have had Mark Matera instead or something, you know, that was a better pick. Well, Mark Matera never made it either, you know. Um, so the tendency is in, in, the, in years where he didn't make a great pick, like the LeBlanc drafts another one. Um, I know personally, because I was, you know, I was on the staff at the time, uh, part time. He liked Kreider a lot. And if it, if there hadn't been the, you know, there hadn't been in Montreal, uh, the pressure of picking the French Canadian guy, I, I'm pretty sure that was his guy, you know? So there's a lot of, there's a lot of stuff, it, you know, uh, circumstances, a lot of stuff we don't know about that, that happened. And, uh, you know, it's funny, uh, the years that they traded away picks too, like, um, I know he loved John Carlson and I, without a doubt, if they wouldn't have traded for Tangay that year, John Carlson was, was the Habs pick. And uh, same thing with Adam Fox. He thought he was a first rounder. I ranked him in the first round. Trevor thought he was a first rounder. Montreal had the 39th and 44th pick. They were taking Fox if they hadn't traded those two picks for, uh, for, uh, John, you know, these are circumstances that are out of his control, right? Yeah. Uh, Pasternak, there's no way they pass on Pasternak if uh, Boston doesn't pick him with the 25th pick. You know, Montreal was next and they picked Sherbach. It's funny at the time, you know, I used to go on HF boards and that. And he was getting all the criticism for taking the guys with no upside like McCarran and, and Tenorti and, and to a certain extent, justifiably. Uh, people love that pick. Oh yeah, he's got he's the guy with the upside at that point. Such a great pick. And uh, now you know, of course, it's easy to go back. It's oh wow, terrible pick, you know. <laughs> um, but again, you look at the draft, twenty sixth overall. You look at other guys that were picked in the next thirty picks or whatever. Uh, slim pickings, you know. So. There's a lot you know, when when you study, you have to look at other teams. Um, you have to look at draft position, as, as you said, uh, strength of the draft. You know, I, I, I did a couple of, of uh, extensive draft studies uh, through the years, and I was surprised. But Timmons, in just about every category, uh, still ended up top ten as far as the drafting efficiency goes, even in the lean years. So. Uh, between 2008 and 2011, I believe he had something like three top 50 picks. You know, um, there's an example of, well, geez, why didn't he, you know, they didn't draft too many good players that went on. Well, if you don't have the ammunition, you know, you're not getting it. Bergeron, the last four years, changed his philosophy and, and brought in extra picks. 
lots of top 90 picks. And I mean, we haven't seen it yet because the drafts were, you know, the last four years, but there's a ton of players that I think are going to play in the NHL that uh, Tim has drafted in the last four years that, you know, four or five years down the road, we're going to say, geez, he, you know, he really did a good job of drafting, but you can't, you can't prove that now because you got to wait, you know? So yeah, you know, he, he had his misses and, and but every friggin' team, you know, uh, Tampa Bay gets lauded for, you know, uh, and they should for, getting Kucherov and uh, Point and uh, Sorelli with picks out, outside of the top 50, you know, but they picked Brett Connolly six overall. They picked Slater Cuckoo 10th overall. They picked Cal Foot 13th overall. They had their misses too, you know, so it's, it's uh, the beauty of drafting 17-year-old kids. It's just such a crapshoot. Yeah, they they had hits with uh, with point in the later rounds, Kucherov, like you mentioned, but then they also had Stamkos and Hedman, two anchors yeah. for for a quality team. Exactly. Yeah, but they were guaranteed picks at the time they picked them. That's yeah. right. So, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, so I mean, it's not like I mean, if you passed on Stamkos, then you're just an idiot. And time. I mean, Eiserman <laughs> Eiserman uh, inherited it. No, Eiserman gets put up on this lofty perch, but. Uh, you know, if Bergman had inherited Hedman and Samkos, you know, he'd look like a lot smarter GM in the past decade than, than, he, than he did as well, you know. Well, you look at Tampa Bay, they, they for several years under Iserman, they'd have a really good season. Then they'd have an absolute terrible season where they, had, they ended up with a very high pick. So they'd yeah. fall back. They'd get that top three pick. They'd add that player to their stable. They'd play again, do well back down, up, down for about eight years. And that's, that's the and, team and that was handed to Breezewell. And what's going to happen with Montreal here, you know? Stanley Cup final to potentially a top five pick. Yeah. For the future, you know, it, you know yeah, it sucks for this year, but you couldn't have asked for a better scenario, you know, as far as uh, building for the future. Maybe it's almost a blessing in a sense. Like, I hope they do end up with a top five pick. Uh, it can be re, it can be re, especially with the parody NHL. Montreal could be back in the friggin' cup finals within two years after finishing bottom three. It's very distinct possibility. So, yeah, I, yeah, exactly. Tampa, did, you know, it fluctuated like that for him. And it actually was a good thing, you know. If you're not gonna, if you're not gonna be a contender, you, you, you're best off to, to really suck. You know, <laughs> it's one or the other. It's the, yeah. it's, it's when you're in the middle there, the treadmill teams, you know, it, it, where it's really hard to, cause you're not getting a superstar with the 15th pick overall very often. Uh, you're, you're just kind of treading water. And, and that's, that's exactly it. You're not going to get a Mike bossy at 15. That That's very rare. Mm, he, he, right. They did, but yeah. It, yeah. It happened once. I don't see it happening again. <laughs> yeah, that's but right. That, and that's that's just it. You got and uh, again. You got, yeah. Was Pollock an idiot? No. Well, no, but oh, he took Napier instead of uh, you know Mike Bossy. So does that mean he was an idiot? Like yes. You know, no one has <laughs> ever said that, right? Because because he won what a hundred cups in five years or something. So 
but but you know it's just an example of even the most you know heralded gms and scouts in the nhl history screwed up at the draft it, it everyone does it it humbles a man in a hurry or at least it should the the one area of a team though to that would really fix some of those misses and i think i don't think in the well in the next four years we're going to see all these picks that timminson made in the last four years start to really step up and then people are going to look back and say wow i guess he didn't suck but i, I think so. that the area that they really need to focus on is the development and i think someone like jeff gordon would be ideally suited to kind of revamp the Canadians development program. Yeah, I agree, you know, and I hope bring in coaches that are on the same page with them. You know, I really think the three, the coaching, the management and the scouting, they have to be on the same page because it just, it, it always seemed like they, it, that wasn't happening with Bergevin, you know, um, he didn't trust that uh, even give guys opportunities. They, they make the evaluation in camp that this guy's not good enough without ever giving him, you know, NHL opportunity. Sometimes you can be surprised. Sometimes you can't, you don't figure it out in practice. You're, you're a coach, right? Like there have been guys that, you know, training camp or whatever, you know, nah, nah, nah. but then they played a game and, you know, you change your, your mind on your evaluation of them. I mean, it happens. I that happened to Paling, I think, this year before he. Uh, I thought he had a good camp. I thought he played a good. Uh, he wasn't flashy. He wasn't uh, fancy, but he was winning his faceoffs. He was winning board battles. He was doing his job, and they put him down. And, and they needed a center, but they put him down because they had Paquette and Perot. Right. And and I mean, you had to appease uh, Bergeman. Those were guys he signed, so can't you know. Uh, I don't know, you know, they, they need a GM with smaller biceps, you know, so they're not intimidated by, by the three agents that they bring well, in. Well, Tim shouldn't so, be intimidated. So, yeah, yeah. So you're out, you're, you know, you're out of the picture there, Trez. You're not going to be the guy that they, that they sign Working out. on it. I'm working on it. <laughs> You've been looking at these uh, shirtless selfies on Instagram, have you? <laughs> Constantly. <laughs> they need, need they help. need a if you are you need help grant <laughs> i'm not i'm not what is instagram is that a is that a website you or don't want to know no no i'm not on instagram so unfortunately no i haven't seen them you're lucky yeah. no they need uh they need someone who's doing more cardio than uh weightlifting just to get uh <laughs> to outrun the gm yeah yeah well, it doesn't look like Hool's, Hool's been doing a pile of cardio. So, yeah. Anyway. You, you, yeah, <laughs> probably not. Now, uh, Treg, you had another another point. Uh, I was just going to. I'm just going to re. I said it before. I'm just. I'm just very surprised that Ducharme is not uh, playing more. Uh, the younger guys up higher. Uh, I thought he was going to be a difference maker from Julian and Tarian. Mm-hmm. Uh, I starting to think now maybe it's more pressure from the GM than it is more his coaching style. Maybe he's just coaching to what the GM wants him to coach. I mean, I've coached lacrosse for 20 years. I haven't coached much hockey, but even I know 
a guy like Norlander or Niku or some, or even Romanov should be on the power play before a guy like Sherratt. And yeah. uh, I mean, Romanov's been there. I mean, mind you, Romanov's getting big minutes. He's third or fourth every night in minutes, but why isn't he not, why didn't they give him a try on the power play? It's not like he has no offense whatsoever. Uh, he can move the puck. He can skate, like give him some, yeah. if you're not going to give it to Norlander or Niku or someone like that, who I think was someone they brought in to further puck moving and their power play use, uh, then what's the point? Like, is it showcasing? Maybe, maybe they're showcasing. Maybe I was, I just thought of that too, Blaine. I thought maybe they're just showcasing, but about why showcase Sherrod on the power play? He would never, he doesn't do the power play. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That'd be the last thing I'd be doing. Yeah. Give him a little extra space, maybe right? to move around, make him look faster. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, I mean Petrie, I, ha- Petrie has two points on the season and it's obvious. I think it's still his finger from, getting it stuck in the uh, photographer's thing, but he can't shoot right now. So he can't shoot and he can't pass either, apparently. Uh, what's he doing on the power play, you know? Um, you, you don't... It's like, well, we got to go with guys who we hope will, uh, you know, do something, not guys who, who should do something. I, I just... Yeah, I don't... I, I watched Norlander for two years uh, running the power play on a professional team in Sweden, a very good one. Uh, the first power play option and a very good one. Like he, he is a great passer. He's, he's very good feet, good lateral mobility on the blue line. Sherratt's not that, you know, Sherratt's not going to uh, find the uh, passing lane and, and, and the great pass. I don't get it. Uh, you know, uh, Stu Cowan mentioned, he said, well, you know, he wants to win. Well, it doesn't seem like he wants to win. If he wants to win, he should use the best power play option, not the, it's, he's not there to just appease the vets. And when you're five and 15, for the life of me, I don't understand why you don't try different things. You know, uh, it, 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 Sherratt and Petrie aren't, aren't getting it done. No. You've got a kid with all sorts of, you know, that's his bread and butter is his power play. And they, what, he gets 10 seconds a night in power play? It's just, it, it just makes no sense to me whatsoever. Well, well in the game against 40 Pittsburgh. 40 seconds in the game period. But. Yeah. And well, in the game yeah. against Pittsburgh, he got just under 10 minutes ice time. In that yeah. time, he got an assist, a nice one, and, and saved, saved the goal. Uh, as you, <laughs> yeah. Yes, that was a great tweet by you. And I, you know, <laughs> I, I agreed a hundred percent. I may even have pressed like on that one, which is rare with, with your, with your stuff. Oh, you unblocked me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my condolences then. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't even follow me, Blaine. So don't even worry about it. <laughs> yeah. But you just, you're on, you're online to troll. You're just a troll trick. Troll. Everyone. Troll. I just put out things that, uh, just to see what people's reactions will be like the whole, yeah. the whole French yeah. GM thing. <laughs> yeah. You, you, you get my blood boiling sometimes, Trev. So I guess I have to, <laughs> I have to take you in small doses. It's nothing personal. <laughs> now my wife does the same thing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> now we got another, another section to go to, but before we move on to that, uh, that next, uh, next segment, I want to thank boxing rock brewing out of Shelburne, Nova Scotia for their sponsorship of the show with their wonderful puck off lagered ale it's a delicious ale and according to local folklore 
Boxing Rock is where bickering seamen were left by their captain to sort out their differences. Their, the choice, box until only one could return to the ship or shake hands and share a beer. Either way, there are only a few short hours until high tide. We say drink up. And as a sailor who may have been boxed a few times in the ears, I agree. Just have a beer. Abs are driving us all to drink there these days. <laughs> and thanks to Box and Rock, I don't have to pay for too much of it. now obviously this weekend there's quite a bit of stuff that's gone on we've been talking about jeff gordon drafting development all because of these front office changes and um one of the one of the little quirks that i was picking up on in this whole thing was that scott mellenby quit because he wasn't given the opportunity to take on this role and um Bergevin seemed to be surprised by this. So clearly Molson's going a different direction. And um, I don't know this to me, this is uh, it's, it's good news. It's good news that the Canadians are trying to modernize. Now, Treg, what, what are your thoughts on this whole thing with Mellonby with the new, Oh, and by the way, they did not talk to Patrick. Jeff Mayer confirmed it. And dear God, please don't talk to Patrick at a while. <laughs> uh, it was interesting because I read, I'm trying to find a tweet now. One of the French uh, Francophone uh, reporters reported that uh, apparently uh, Mark Bergevin recommended Scott Mellenby as one of his replacements to manage. Yeah, that was, that was Louis Jean. Louis Jean. Yeah. And uh Apparently, Mark found out over social media that they were talking to Gordon. Then I don't know. I don't know how true this is. It's just, like I said, I just read it on the, and he was hurt by it or whatever. Uh, but I, I would assume to know that Bergevin knows, you know, Molson's probably moving some way. At least he does now. But uh, uh, I, I, I think if you're going to start new, then I don't think you're going to want to have someone who was already in the organization already working with Bergevin already under the same, you know, it's like hiring Julian to replace Terry. You're getting the same coach. You know what I mean? You're probably going to get, I mean, I don't know if Mellon B would have changed things, uh, but I can understand why Molson saying, no, I want people from the outside. I want new, uh, you know, a new set of eyes, a new vision, a new personnel in place. Uh, and like so I instead said, of I, just change for change's sake, you're doing actual just, change. Well, yeah, using one of Bergevin's favorite lines. I'm not going to make a move to make a move. Um, yeah, you know, uh, <clears throat> I think I think that's a good. I think it's a good plan. I mean, I I don't mind Melamy. I never. I thought Melamy was a pretty good AGM. He dealt dealt with all the Laval signings, I believe, and bringing the building the Laval team, the uh, the free agents and that. This um, past year, yeah. This past year, so. You know, he, he's gone and I, I respect him resigning. You know, you, you're, you're in line for a job as the, the big guy and you don't get it. And like, what's the point of staying around? Like if you've hired someone new, I'm probably gone anyway. So instead of waiting just to get fired, I might as well just put my resignation in now and see where I can go. Uh, so nothing, I, I no grudge against Melanie for doing that. I don't blame him one bit. Um, but I mean, I've been kind of updating my Twitter since we've been chatting to see if there's any word on what's going on. Uh, we'll probably find out midnight tonight, but 
Uh, I think with Gordon coming in, that was the right move, Melanie to resign because I, I, I would truly believe he's going to do. He's just going to replace everybody, bring his own staff in. So, well, you, you didn't find the Molson doing this to be somewhat um, unloyal or disloyal. Uh, I, I don't know if anyone knew or not. I don't find it to be unloyal at all. Molson owns the team. No. If he, if you know, you want loyalty by a dog. Is that the, is that the line <laughs> you're looking for there, Blaine? I, w- I was setting it up. I was, <laughs> I put it up there, up on the pedestal. Easy spike. Uh, well, Bergevin said it, right? Yeah, That's right. He said that with so, Markov. I think it was. So, yeah, yeah. Can I weigh I, in here? Or? Yes. Yeah, yeah, go ahead, Greg. Oh, you were you. Go ahead, Tredge. You have something else? Oh, no. I was just going to say, like, uh, <clears throat> I just, what shocked me is the fact that Molson's been quiet for ever since he <laughs> came out, since he came out and said, yeah, sorry for drafting Logan Mayu. He hasn't said a word, hasn't done anything. No one's even seen him. And then all of a sudden, Saturday, he's hiring a whole new staff. So I just mm-hmm. find it really weird that it was complete silence until yesterday. <laughs> Well, I don't think it's the type of thing that you you put out in public, you know. No, no, I, I, I agree. You know, it's like the GM. Like I, I tweeted there. Uh, like GMs aren't going to their players and saying we're we're shopping you around too often, you know. So why should the owner go to the GM and say we're looking for your replacement, you know? And especially if you don't find them, then it looks pretty stupid, you know. Yeah. Like yeah, you know, the guy's going to be pretty disgruntled, you know. Um, I mean, I don't, you know. I, I understand why he's kept it uh, low key and not, you know, and not told Bergeron about it or whatever. I, that's the way to do it, I believe. Um, and yeah, I mean, Bergeron knows it, it's a business and, you know, you want loyalty, get a dog. And it, it, I mean, from what I'm reading and understanding is he didn't, you know, he didn't, uh, it was Bergeron's decision not to, not to sign again, so yeah, yeah. He, he had a contract yeah. that he didn't sign, but no, no reasons were given why he didn't sign. But well, I mean, yeah, why can he, what you know, like Louis Jean was saying, he's hurt. Well, okay, what you the know, hell did he that, expect that it came out on Twitter? Well, okay, I mean, you know, there's lots of good hockey guys in there that get these scoops, you know, Dragger and all those guys, you know, sooner or later, the, the, the word leaks out and uh. And there's nothing you can do about it. I don't think uh, Molson had to handle it any differently. You know, I think he has to do this. I've, I've defended Bergeron for 10 years, but um, it's time for a change. You know, I agree. I, I'm, I'm the same way. I was a big Bergeron defender. I don't think he was a bad GM for the 10 years he was there. No. Uh, but I totally agree. It's time for a new set of eyes. It's time for a new, yeah. new vision. Well, he took yeah. a shot. He got to the Stanley Cup final and... Absolutely. And that was great. It was a great run, but now what? And I think, you know, he's done a great job. I, I posted more than once, like the, the organizational depth chart when he took over was abysmal. And now it, you know, it, it looks good. So, he, I mean, he's, he's done his job to a certain degree, but the philosophies, he, he hasn't hired a good coach as far as I'm concerned. He's he, like, he's dropped the ball on that every time he, uh, he gets defensemen that are in his image. Like, I don't know. He, it's like he wants six Mark Bergevans on the blue line. You know, it worked for one playoff run, but to think that that, you know, especially in the regular season, that's going to bring you success, you know? Oh, we'll just have Ben Sherratt and, uh, 
whoever on the power play will be fine. Well, no, you know, in 10 years, how many puck moving defensemen that can also defend did he, did he acquire, you know, they're coming from the, thanks to the draft, but I mean, you know, Douglas Murray, uh, David Schlemko, Carl Alsner, David Savard, you know, on and on. And, and to get it back to Mellonby, I'm glad he's not the GM because uh, I have not been overly impressed with the pro scouting, you know, uh, like Savard, Paquette, and Perot, you know. Uh, did they scout these guys at the end of the year? Or did they look at video from five years ago or, you know. Was it a political move because of the language issue? No, it's what a political move. Bringing in Pocket, Pedro, Saval. Well, yeah, yeah, you know that's part of it. I think they there, there was probably a mandate from Molson to bring in, you know, bring in some French Canadian, yeah. but uh, yeah, I wouldn't have like they went gung ho. And how many, like, I mean, Trois-Rivières, I think every player that they signed for Trois-Rivières was uh, Quebecois, you know. Uh, how are they going to adapt to... English is the language of, of, of hockey. How are... If all these kids are all comfortable and they're all talking to each other French all the time and they're not practicing their French, how, does, how do they develop into NHLers by being in that protected, shielded environment? Like, I, I, I agree with getting a few French Canadians and appeasing the, uh, the fan base and stuff, but to go that far overboard, like I think 18 of the 22 players on Trois-Rivières are, are Quebecois. Like you didn't have to, you, like, the, you know, get the best players and, and, and mix in best French Canadians that you can get, but don't just, you know, completely go one way with it. I, I just think that they, for whatever reasons, it was Legault criticizing them on on, on social media was just uh, horrible, and they had to they really overcompensated for it. You know, you got to find a fine uh, a middle a middle ground with that. I, I agree with getting. I think it's a good idea to get good French Canadian players, but just getting them for the sake of getting them, uh, I don't think it's the right philosophy either. So. But with Gordon in there, uh, I, you know, I don't think that there's going to be, a, you know, there's not going to be a strong nationalistic, uh, you know, we got to get the best Quebecers because he's not, he's not a Quebecois. So he, he's going to want the best players. And it'll be interesting to see his philosophy on GM and coaches too, whether, you know, is, is Molson going to mandate it? Okay, it has to be a French Canadian GM, it has to be a French Canadian head coach. We'll see. I mean, I'm sure that's going to be part of the discussions. I'd love to be a fly on the wall for their meetings for see how they're going with that. Whether Gordon says, "Look, you know, uh, I want to, I want to have the ability to, uh, if not one or both, but at least one, to at least consider it being English." And we'll see. I mean, that'll be a whole new topic to. But, you know, I really, truly believe, I think I understand the head coach, French-Canadian, because every day they're speaking to the media. You know, the fans want the sound bites. They want to, you know. But but GM, who maybe speaks once a month in a press conference, 
where you could bring in a translator, you know, I want the best GM, but from reports and what I'm hearing is it's probably going to be a French Canadian that Gordon can tutor, show the ropes, you know, uh, bring him along. Uh, that seems to be, that's what Elliot, I, I, I've exchanged a few uh, DMs with Elliot over the last day and he's, you know, he thinks that that's what's happening and, and so do other people that that are close to the situation uh, seem to think that that's probably what happens. So definitely Patrick Waugh. No, <laughs> no, I, 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 I would, I guess Darsh. You know, someone like Darsh. Who? Madden Jr. there over in Anaheim. Maybe, yeah. Yeah. Someone was saying he's not French. Uh, well, I'm pretty sure he is. Yeah, I think he he's is. He's a Francophone. Yeah, yeah I yeah, thought so. I think he is. His dad was the so. GM for the Nordiques. For yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. No, no. Uh, and we know they only hire the Francophones there. He wouldn't even be. Yeah, nobody would be bringing them bringing up Madden's name in it all the time unless he was. So yeah. Yeah. That had surprised me. I, I was, I didn't think that was right. Um, yeah. Madden's a possibility. Darish, uh, you know, there's a few, uh, but it, it, it's, 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 it's a few. I, yeah. I wish, I really wish that it wasn't, you know, uh, and none of those guys overly excites me to be honest with you. You know, there's no French Canadian candidate that I think is just, Oh, we got to have him, you know, I liked Bergevin, the higher, I liked that at the time. I thought that was a good one, but I don't see a, a fledgling Bergevin right now to, to scoop up. Uh, maybe there's someone, uh, you know, in the queue that, 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 you know, they surprise with somebody that, that's been GM in the, in the queue for the last few years. Uh, um, I wish it was Andre Turney, but, you know, that, that boat has sailed yeah. with him. Uh, Jocelyn Tebow is doing a good job of Sherbrooke as GM down there. Yeah. Just, there you yeah, go. just a name I'm bringing. I'm not saying he'd be a good NHL GM, but there's a. And, and the last time he was brought in, it, it went, it went fantastic. Was it, didn't it? When, when he got traded for Patrick Roth. That, <laughs> yeah. That went smooth. <laughs> they went to like three cups. It was amazing. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, maybe, maybe this whole thing is just a shell game. They'll bring in someone who speaks French, you know, to be tutored by Gordon. But Jeff Gordon is the pick for the team. He's really well, in charge. That's right. That's a face, as you, yeah. you know, is, yeah. is how it was said to me. And, that, you know, that, that's a possibility. And then that, you know, that appeases the, you know, the, the media to a certain degree. Well, okay, well, he's not GM, so we can't complain that much. We don't interview him all the time, you know. Yeah. Like presidents aren't front of the camera that often so yeah you know that that's the other possibility where he he tutors him and and uh yeah much like uh Brisebois, i guess you know really in yeah. tampa right uh but i mean he didn't have the gm title eisenman did but yeah i mean titles are titles right you you, you take them with a grain of salt uh, exactly so uh, yeah, I do. I think that he's going to be pretty hands-on if he ends up being the the um, president of hockey operations. All right. So final thoughts. Uh, we'll try to Thank let God. you go first. Finally, final. Finally, thoughts. 
this 35, uh, this 35 minute uh, interview got stretched again, eh? Well, I, I mean, <laughs> I try to try to lowball with the times that way I don't disappoint people, you know, well, it's been it, so enjoyable that I, you know, I wish it could go two hours actually, Wayne, but <laughs> carry on. Sound like my wife. Oh. She's never said that. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Uh, but I, I think uh, we're, we're in the, uh, the uh, twilight of a new regime coming into Montreal. I think Molson's going to clean house. My final thoughts on it. I think it's time. Molson, uh, Bergevin's 10 years. Had its up and downs. I don't think it was a bad 10 years. I don't think he was a bad GM. I, I, I like I said earlier, I supported him. Uh, but I think it's time for new eyes. I think it's time for a new direction. Uh, I agree we have to get faster. The defense has to be better offensively uh, than what they have now, and things got to change. Um, I do believe Desharm will stay until the end of the season, no matter who comes in. I don't see any point in hiring a third coach, paying a third coach just to stumble through the season to the end anyway. Um, and let's just hope that new whoever comes in new prepares the team for the off season and for the uh, the next year. And that's my final thoughts on it. Bring in bring in Cunningworth for the rest of the year. <laughs> the uh, yeah, I mean the kind. The tank should be on, and uh, who better to be uh, captain in the tank than Ducharme at this point? Get uh, Sherratt and Petrie out on the power play, and you know he's doing with, without even trying to. He's doing a great job of, uh, of uh, captain in the tank uh, here right now. So sure, keep him on board. Yeah, no, I'm. Uh, I mean, I agree with you guys. Ducharme staying, and he seems to be doing a great job. <laughs> Well, get that top five pick for sure. Yeah, I wasn't a fan of Ducharme going back to last year. So before anyone says, and you can ask playing before anyone says, you know, I'm just saying it because he's like, I wasn't a big fan of Ducharme. I wanted Bouchard, but oh, I wanted Andre Turney, but anyway. Well, yeah, he he would have been a great pick. He was in Manitoba, I think, last year, was he not? He was doing nothing last year. He was waiting to for the OHL season to start. Right. You're right. Ottawa 67s and they never right, played. Yeah. Yeah. No, he, uh, I think they missed the boat on, on Tournier. And, uh, you know, again, it, 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 for me, that was first man. Okay, I was. He still is GM. I'll say that is his biggest uh, failing is, was hiring coaches. I really don't think he, uh, he did a good job of that at all. Yeah, he seemed to hire coaches that uh, with personalities that he liked to have when he was playing. Yeah, and and to bring up the point that uh, Trej had mentioned about you know Melody more of the same thing. Well, when you when you hired Ducharme, you know, uh, who did he get tutored under? Uh, you know, for two years in Montreal, Julian. Julian. Yeah. And and how was he ended up? He's repeated the same mistakes. Yeah. You know, yeah. vets play the vets. Uh, appease the the you know biceps version of that. Uh, he brings in like Alice Hemsky, put him on the first line to start the season. You know, Mark Strike, put him on the power play. Oh no, he can't skate anymore. But biceps version brought him in. I gotta gotta please him. You know, it just it's been over and over and over again for ten years. It's enough's enough. 
uh, you know, uh, it's time to move on. So what you're saying is old and can't skate, Bergevin might give him a chance. So you're saying, yep. I this is my last okay. opportunity. Yes, yes. You better get in there within the next like day or two, Blaine. Well, I better drive because if I skate it there, I'd never make it. Finally get a pop down on the Canadian's defense. <laughs> can't wear number five, though. It's retired. It's true. 55. Oh, no, Pizzetta. I'm not fighting Pizzetta. I'll ruin his <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Fight Reeves first and then, yeah, we'll see how you do. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> just, uh, I'll just write my will before I do that. <laughs> yeah. Just bite him like Claude's son did last night. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah. I would never bite the hand that feeds me. <laughs> All right. So I'd like to thank, uh, thank you, Grant, for coming on the show and uh, talking about all this, uh, this really heavy packed news cycle that we're in. Uh, why don't you just give my listeners a quick idea of where to find you and your work? Oh, you can't find me anywhere. I'm not saying where I like you want to say where online. I live. And... Online. No, online. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. Okay. No, uh, you'll, you'll find me on Twitter. 24 seven, especially right now. I know the Leaf uh, fans love you. They do. They do. They do. Uh, yeah. I, I think I've muted and blocked, you know, every one of them so far, like, but they keep popping up. They come out of the woodwork. Um, yeah, you can find me on Twitter and uh, that'll direct you to articles and, you know, I, I'm always stating my opinions on there and, uh, uh, it's fun. I, in fact, I'm, you know, the minute that I get off here, I'm going on Twitter to, you know, right now is really a bad time to be, uh, to be away from Twitter, but anything for you, Blaine. Much appreciated. I know Treg will be jumping right on Twitter to stir the pot again. Cause you know, <laughs> you're, he's a troll. I already did my tweet for the day. That's, that's what I've been told. Treg's just a troll. Like, yeah. That's why do we love him? Come on. Uh, I just want to thank everybody, uh, all our listeners for continually checking in with us, listening, interacting with us, sending us ideas, sending us uh, strange DMs. Um, Vinny, please stop sending those pictures. It's getting really creepy. Um, but I, I want to thank everyone for listening. And remember, if you were talking about it, so are we. Abs Unfiltered has special sponsors. Uh, go to seatgiant.ca to save 35% on all your fees when purchasing tickets to NHL, CFL, Major League Baseball, concerts, whatever event Seat Giant sells. Use the code UNFILTERED20, save 35% on your fees. Go to builtbar.ca and save 10% using the code UNFILTERED20 on your purchases online. Go to East Coast Lifestyle and use the code UNFILTERED20 to save 20% off your purchase of any clothing at East Coast Lifestyle. Also, Lift Life. Go to liftlife.ca and use the code HABS10 to save 10%. And for a special promo until Christmas, HABS Unfiltered will be selling t-shirts in conjunction with 514 shirts. If you purchase one of our shirts, the entire profit for the sale goes to Vets Canada. 
Vets Canada does work to end veterans homelessness across Canada. So let's help a great cause and wear a great shirt. Do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Crier Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Cryer Media Network. The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jagged Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundle from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network.